Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler. And maybe this episode should be called Movies Are TV. (laughs) Hi, everyone. I wanted to give you a special holiday treat and cover some of the best television shows from this past year. Once again, I'm welcoming in guest host, Mark Blitch, who helped me cover the best movies of 2022 in the last episode. So I thought, hey, why not? Let's uh, let's cover some television as well. So how are you doing, Mark? I'm doing good. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that TV, they're kind of movies too. At least the production value. We're, we're, we're in a new, this, is, this isn't like I Love Lucy and, you know, other shows like that I can't think of at the moment. Not dogging I Love Lucy, but... It still fits under the umbrella. Well, it's yeah, it's it's definitely a new new era for sure. Uh, you know, especially prestige TV. You know, you, you may not get multiple seasons of a show. Um, celebrities uh, or maybe actors who have been usually thought of in a movie context are more willing to take on these projects because they're not, you know. 20 plus episodes you know they might just be eight or so and uh it's actually kind of funny you said that um uh i mean w- there's a lot of stuff that we watch with our kids but lately we we have been working through uh, modern family it's been a really fun one to watch uh generally a great show but also real safe to watch with our kids and stuff and they still connect to it and it was funny because even as we're going through it uh hallie my oldest goes <laughs> Uh, so how many episodes are in this first season? <laughs> and I was like, uh, about 24. She goes, 24? <laughs> I went, yeah. And I said, and get this, it was on for 11 seasons. <laughs> you know, so I, it really is an indication, even though it's not that old, old of a show, how much, you know, things have changed. But um, I mean, in all honesty, as, as much as even Whitney loves movies, we watch more TV together than we do, you know, movies. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, for me, um, people always are wondering what I'm watching as far as television goes, just as much as movies. So I thought it'd be fun to quickly hit, uh, some of the top things from this year. And honestly, I don't know how you feel. I mean, a great year for television. I, there's some really, really great shows out there. I'm actually surprised at my number 10 because I was like, oh, I figured it would be higher, but then I think I'm like, Oh, I think I find, Nine more shows, a little bit more better. Let's jump into it. What is that, number 10? Uh, number 10 is House of the Dragon, season one. Okay. Um, wasn't really super excited about going back into the Game of Thrones world. I think it's just, you know, it's just, I, I didn't know what else there was to tell. I know there's a huge, long, elaborate history, but, so, you know, it, spinoff shows for me almost rarely work. And, you know, because there's a certain financial, like, okay, this will get a lot of views because it has the Game of Thrones, uh, you know, name on it. Um, but I thought it was, it started off a little bit slow and the time jumps are a little bit disorienting at first. But once it kind of, once this fir- the first season was over, I'm like, that's really good. And I'm looking forward to seeing more. Yeah, um, it, it was, it was my number four, actually. Um I, I, I wouldn't argue it. I wouldn't make the argument that it is necessarily um, even the best game compared to Game of Thrones, the best uh, season. It, ha- it, it had some up, it had some ups and downs, but yeah. still, I was I was just into it. Yeah. Uh, the the politics and it, it just made me feel better about any maybe family drama I've had in the past. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we haven't got into this level yet, and I mean if. And I, I, I really appreciated 
um, man, the fact that they, I mean, this is something that stands different from Game of Thrones, but it still feels of the world. And I thought that was very impressive. If if you are going into this wanting all the big battle scenes and stuff, it's not that. It's more the kind of uh, politics uh, that is featured in the Game of Thrones series. But, uh, you know, once again, I don't fault people for not loving the show, but I I, I'm a fan and I really enjoyed it this year. I read something where they said that it's, it's a weird because it somehow works that it's essentially 40 minutes of family drama over dinner over the course of like 20 years. <laughs> it's like you come and check in on these, on these really awkward conversations and you know, there are definitely higher stakes, but and, and to me, I'm, I'm a sucker for good character work and, and, and I thought everyone was great. I was actually a little bit bummed when, 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 um, when uh, young Rhaenyra aged out because I thought she was, I thought young Rhaenyra was fantastic, and I think she kind of became the face of the show. And so I bet they were a little bit nervous, like, oh man, you know, how how is the audience going to respond to when we get to, you know, current age? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And there's yeah, there's just amazing performances all around. Uh, so my number. 10 is almost a little surprise for myself, but it's Peacemaker, uh, which was on HBO Max, uh, picking up where yes. the 2021 film, The Suicide Squad, <laughs> left off. And I, pure and simple, I, I just had so much fun with the show. It made me laugh. It's going to be way too violent for people. Um, but uh, I, I thought John Cena was terrific in it. He gets this character and, uh, Everybody, everybody knows the exact tone to make in this show, and so this was not a Whitney and Nathan show. This was Nathan watching it at lunch type of show. Uh, but I, I liked Peacemaker a lot. That it's my number eleven. It, it okay. I, James Gunn again. Like I'll, I'll go to war for James Gunn. So I am, um, and I think John Cena showed a lot. I, I, you know, I think you know you have your maybe your your holy trinity of. WWE actors, you know, being Batista, The Rock, and Cena. And Cena is right under Batista for me now. Because I thought he, you know, The Rock is The Rock. He's going to, he's just kind of who he is. And he's great in his own right, but he doesn't really do a lot of, you know, he doesn't stretch himself. I felt Cena stretched himself quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your number nine? My number nine sadly was canceled. Um, so I won't be able to. Um, maybe that's why it's on the list. Uh, it's Archive 81. Okay. And so it was a a brilliant way to do found footage. Um, I'm a sucker for it. So James Wan produced it. Uh, it stars Mamadou Achi, who's um, you. I think you would recognize him. Like he he was in the the newest Jurassic Park. It was terrible, but he you know he's in that. He was in a movie called Patty Cakes a couple years ago that I really liked. Um, He's essentially the best way to describe him. It's like he's the Black Adam driver. Like he's just got that same kind of a little bit. There's something a little bit almost inhuman about him, but he's also really soft spoken and really pensive. And he's just a lot of the movie is just watching him watch footage, and you're just completely. Um, but it's essentially about uh, he plays this guy who gets hired by this by this company to go through all these tapes that got burned up in a fire. And so basically he's seeing like this chronicling of like some type of um, like investigative journalist who's this girl 
and it gets cultish and it gets weird and you know the tapes almost kind of know they're being watched and has a nice really cool supernatural element a little bit of time travel too and um you just, I couldn't stop watching. Like, I'm not sure if on a whole I can say like, oh, it's awesome. Um, because then it's not being renewed. And so I'm kind of bummed. But you just kind of kept watching it and you're just drawn in. And so um, that's my number nine. Okay. What streaming service? Was it's it on, on Netflix. Netflix. Oh, okay. Awesome. Uh, my number nine, um, it's on HBO Max. And just... Spoiler already, I did not intend this to be uh, be the case, but almost all my stuff's on two streaming services. <laughs> but um, it was uh, somebody somewhere. Um, I, did you hear? Have you heard of that show? Oh man, there's so many. Yeah, so it's it's essentially it's it's a dramedy of sorts. Oh yeah, it's got the girl. It's got the mom from Patty Cakes in it. Okay, yeah, I love her. Yeah. Um. So it follows uh this female character named Sam in Manhattan, Kansas. Um, and it's, uh, it's just a very simple slice of life type of thing. Uh, be expected to laugh a whole lot, be expected to tear up, but, um, it's, I think, I think they've even produced it, but if you're a fan of the Duplass brothers and their style of show, um, it's that to a T. And so, um, I, I loved it and I think it did get picked up for a second season. So I'm really excited to watch that. I may have to watch that. I really like her. And I like the Duplass brothers. Yeah, she's hilarious in it. Did, did you ever see Patty Cakes? I haven't seen it, no. Okay, no. that might be something that you need to add to your list. Yeah, her, her name's uh, Bridget Everett, and yeah. um, I know the Emmys have passed. Um, she could have easily been nominated because she's so funny, but she also sings in it as well. Yeah. And, oh, man, she's she she's amazing. But uh, what's your number eight? Number eight... Um, by the time this airs, this by the time this episode airs, it will have been. It, it, so it's it's ongoing. There's one more episode left, but I have uh, I have the White Lotus season two. Um, it's again sucker for just character work. There's really not a, a whole lot of plot. It's a lot of just getting to know people and then getting to know the facade they put out, and then you get to know who they really are. And so Aubrey Plaza is great in it. She kind of it almost feels like an April Ludgate origin story, like where she's kind of like not a spiteful person. She's just kind of awkward. But then throughout the throughout the series, she just um, you can just tell she's becoming something more. <laughs> um, and again, everyone's in. You know, it's it's you know it's Mike White, so it's there's something almost haunting about how they shoot it. And you know, there's a lot of like transitions with just shots of statues looking at you and um Jennifer Coolidge is great like I just I just like spending time with these people even though they're terrible people it's written in a way where you're just like I just want to watch the train wreck and you know you know they and it feels a lot kind of like you know those Agatha Christie um murder murder mysteries where it's not super intense but they're just like okay you get you find out that a body is there just like season one and then you have like you can just it's really good water cooler show where you can talk about like who who do you think is the body and and why do you think like what could happen so it's it it feels like a murder mystery show even though it's really not 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, this is an audio podcast, so you, you can't see me just nodding my head along to everything, <laughs> every, everything that Mark said. But yeah, uh, White Lotus is actually my number two. I it, It's an amazing show. Even though it, the season hasn't even finished yet, even if the last episode is a complete stinker, I think this is one of the best television shows. He somehow uh, built off the first season. It it has the same vibe as completely on its own. And kind of like you mentioned, you know, I forget about the whole murder aspect of it all. You just get yeah. wrapped up in uh, these characters and the way Mike White, uh, Mike White develops the characters. And also I was telling Whitney as we were watching it, he has an amazing knack of placing them and blocking and just like, especially you always know where everybody is at yeah. one time and what, how they're playing off. And, uh, man, it's, it, it's just amazing. I, I, I just, I, I love it. And it's, it's like totally my type of show as far as just, the just letting characters talk. And there's not a lot of shows out there now that are this successful where it's really people talking to each other. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt that it's, you know, this season shot in Italy and it's just yeah. fantastic to look at, but it, it, it's a great show. Um, so my number eight is, uh, I won't talk about it too, too much, but it's on HBO max, but it's the second season of hacks. Loved it. Yeah. One of the funniest shows out there. They have just built upon season one and just, uh, has really built upon this relationship of this, famed uh stand-up uh comic actress and her very uh the the years that span against uh, across their generations and what they value in life and that's just part of the whole appeal of the show it's a very kind of uh um what would you say uh it's not like grumpy old men because they were the same age but it's that just uh oil and vinegar type of, you know, <laughs> relationship. Yeah. And uh, the second season just built upon the first one. And it was still one of the most enjoyable things to watch. And once again, one, you you expect to laugh, but the moments of tenderness that hits you uh, always, it always kind of jolts you almost. It's just a really well written, funny show. So uh, what's your number seven? Number seven, uh, just finished it last night with uh, with my oldest and and my wife uh, was Wednesday season one. <laughs> um, always been a big Adams family fan. Um, the Munsters can go screw themselves for all for all I care. Uh, <laughs> I think I really wanted. You know, you, you you often think, man, you can't get better than Christina Ricci as Wednesday. But within the first five minutes, you're like, "Nah, this is this is Jenna Ortega's role," <laughs> and you know the casting is, is is flawless. And it's essentially just like, "Hey, let's let's put Wednesday Adams in Hogwarts," like, and and so there, there's definitely like a young adult aspect to it, where it's it's like it's not high art, right? It's not it's the Adams family, and again, it's kind of what we talked about with Fault in Our Stars and and you know a couple movies that just know how to do things really really well. And Burton still has a really good handle. It's perfect for him. You know, Danny Elfman is back, uh, or at least I, I didn't, I skipped the credits, but uh, I assume he's back. Um, and it's just, I think it's kind of the same thing like White Lotus where there's, there's a mystery kind of central to the whole thing. And, but you're just there watching the characters. You have Fred Armisen who shows up as Uncle Fester for an episode. That's really fun. You know, you have Thing throughout the whole thing. He's great. Catherine Zeta-Jones is perfect as Morticia. Louis Guzman's perfect as Gomez. Whoever they get as Pugsley is you know, I don't know his name, but he's perfect as Pugsley. And they do some some stuff where clearly she's 
someone who's antisocial probably needs to be on the spectrum of some sort, but they, they, you know, so a lot of her barbs and her one liners, you know, when, when, when it's a movie, you, you just think that she's just kind of the devil reincarnated in the show. They do a really good job using those barbs as just a way to keep people at arm's length and not in an overly over the head kind of way, but just in a really subtle way that, you know, there's little cracks here and there. Um, and I, while I'm sure she does blink at some point, she doesn't blink throughout the entire season. <laughs> and so it's just, a, and then her dance, her dance has kind of gone viral and it's fantastic. And uh, she did that dance when she was <laughs> symptomatic for COVID. <laughs> so I think it's more kind of funny than, than irresponsible, but she hadn't tested positive until then. But yeah, I digress. It's just a fun it's just a fun show and it gets a little bit kind of young adultish and it's a, it, some of it, there's a love triangle where she really doesn't want to be a part of it, but it's still kind of funny because she's essentially asexual and is more distracted by it, but she'll use those, those attractions to get what she wants. And so it's just, it's, it's, it's great. And, and maybe it's just high on my list because I just finished it, but I just really enjoyed it. And white Lotus may, may jump over it, but it's my list, damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's a show that we watched uh, the pilot with Hallie and uh, really enjoyed it. But Hallie enjoyed it so much that she was tired of waiting for us to watch it with her. So <laughs> I, I, I think I think she just finished it recently, but she really really liked it. So yeah, the the tone and the characters and all that from what I saw from the get go, like yeah, they definitely uh, they definitely hit hit the sticking points for sure. Um, for me, uh, a little, a little darker in a different way, but it, my number seven is we own the city by the creators uh, of the wire. Uh, it basically tells the real life story of the rise and fall of the Baltimore police department and their gun trace task force. And, uh, just all the corruption that surrounds it. Uh, it does take a little bit to kind of get into the style of the show. Um, but they never, uh, talk down to their audience and man, especially knowing a lot of it's based on real life characters. I sure. mean, oh, man, it, it's just impactful. It, it's crazy. John Bernthal, uh, who's the lead in it. Incredible <laughs> as in a lot of the things he does. Um, and so, yeah, that's my number seven kind of a, it's, it's definitely one of those that, you know, if you're not feeling the vibes of it, like definitely stick with it. And I think it only was six episodes. Um, so, um, it, it, it was really, really impactful. Uh, what's your number six? Number six, um, surprise it's not a little bit higher, but again, it's my list. And so I put Better Call Saul. Okay. Um, I guess technically some of it was 2021, but the last half would. And it's just, um, it's not it's not better than Breaking Bad, but it's just as good and, and deserves to be spoken of with just as high regard. Uh, Odenkirk is fantastic. Um, you know, Rhea Seahorn's fantastic. Um, I have a friend who's actually, he's been in, you know, it's my actor. It's an actor friend who's been in Breaking Bad. He was also in Saul and he was also in El Camino. And so he shows up in the last episode of Better Call Saul. And so it's just fun kind of seeing, seeing, seeing a buddy do that. He plays, um, he was Hank's boss in uh, kind of in later seasons and he, and he gets, so he gets to, did you watch it at all this season? 
So uh, it, it's one the Better Call Saul is one of the shows I'm ashamed to say that I haven't. I've seen the first season, but uh, I haven't seen it past that. Even though I, I was a, a huge fan of Breaking Bad, it's kind of a show that I just got. Well, I couldn't keep up with it as far as yeah. the release date, not the story and stuff. Sure. And so, yeah, it's just one of those like. Yeah, once you get behind, you're kind of just screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but um, I've heard nothing but good things about. Yeah, that. it lands the plane really well. I have some people who say it's the best TV show of all time. I wouldn't go that far, but it's just perfect. It, it and Vince Gilligan a, is a genius, and I could have that number one and be fine with it. But in my, you know, short time in prepping, it's it's it, it's number six. Yeah, um, almost it kind of has a correlation to the Breaking Bad uh, universe. But my number six is the season three of Barry um, on HBO Max, and uh, I would say especially this season. Um, I mean, there's definitely the comedy aspects of it that makes it just a great show and kind of keeping you uh, off guard. But man, it dives into the dark territory uh, this season. Um, Barry, the character played by Bill Hader, I mean, he had already broke bad before we even really meet him, so to speak. But man, he really goes off the deep end <laughs> in the show. But it, you know, it's almost unsettling, but it completely makes sense for the characters and the story. And so that's my number six. So once again, I, I think I think the seasons have run about either eight eight episodes or ten episodes, but they're half hour. So you could people can really get caught up fast. But Barry is one I always uh, tell people that they should watch. I need to. I've I've watched the first two seasons and I watched the first two episodes of season three. And then I think at that point, Hannah's like, I think I'm out. I think <laughs> yeah. it, it, and, and so I haven't made it a priority because I've been trying to find shows that we can watch together just, just for the time's sake. So it's kind of taken a backseat, but it'll, we'll, we'll get back into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like, you know, he gets, uh, there's actions that he takes in his third season and someone who's even watched the first two seasons, it'll be like, Oh my God, like this is, Oh, and, and you have to kind of remind yourself, you know, he's a hit man. Right. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> right. um, yeah. So what's your number five? Um, I'm almost done. I was a little bit behind on it, but I'm catching up on it. And that's uh reservation dogs. Mm, yeah. So. I, I actually just finished a uh, season two last night. So didn't make my quite make my top 10, but it's, it's an amazing show that people should see. Oh yeah. And it, it, it reminds me a lot of Atlanta. Um, where you kind of get this supernatural, it's not even supernatural. It's a coming of age. I think what has one thing that I love about it is that it's it just, it's a coming of age story about a community, but, um, and some kids who want to go to California, but it's just drenched in, in honesty. And so, and even sometimes when it goes a bit supernatural, there's something still really honest about it and it's fun. Um, and so I'm, I think it's a bit higher because I'm still kind of in it right now and i'm really enjoying it so and and it's in oklahoma so you should love it oh yeah i mean and we we have some friends um that are native american and they they have said that the show just hits it like perfectly like uh and um and even if you're not Native American, just the presence of all the sonic cups in all the episodes <laughs> exactly. is a pretty pure reflection of Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get your sonics. 
um, so number five for me is on Apple TV Plus, and it's a show that Whitney and I love watching. And then it was uh, Bad Sisters. Sharon Horgan's the creator of the show, and it follows the Garvey sisters um, who really, this doesn't ruin anything. I mean, it's at, right at the beginning, but one of the sisters is married to it, the worst character you have ever seen on television. I, you will hate this man so, so much. And once again, this is, this would probably be in the plot synopsis. You've found out that he, he is dead and that the sisters are behind this, but the way this 10 episodes play out, like basically the mystery aspect of it, basically how, how did this murder actually happen? It's played perfectly. And just when you think you hate this guy and that, you know, you kind of at first wrestle with um, whether they're justified in doing what they do. And yeah. by the end, you're like, yeah, I think I would have done that <laughs> as well. Um, and it's, it's a perfect blend of mystery, drama, uh, and comedy. It's a very, very uh, funny show. Um, it, it really is. And this doesn't ruin anything either. It, it was kind of a one-off. Um, and I think there's been talks of making a season two. I, I honestly really hope they don't. Um, it, to me, it was a perfect type of show of like, yep, this is it. This is the story. Just leave it, you know, leave it where it is. But um, I was a big fan of that show. So, um, okay. What's your number four? Uh, my number four is um, Stranger Things season four. Um, again, a lot of it's like I can finally watch it with my 12-year-old who has kind of grown up a little bit in the past year. And so we went, you know, me and me and my wife watched it. And um, then me, then we all, us three, we, we left my 10-year-old out of it. Um, we rewatched all of it. And so there's a lot of like, you know, just emotional significance to it. But I just... It's just it's kind of like lost for me. Like it's 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 must see TV. You talk you want to talk about it, um, but I felt like this season it just took a step forward finally to where, you know, they lose a little bit and they they they, had, they grow up a little bit more and the threats are a little bit more real for them as opposed to just kind of a mindless monster or smoke, and so. I don't think it, I, I'm not confident that it's going to land the plane in season five, but um, you know, Jamie Campbell Bauer, I thought added so much and, and as, as Vecna and, and, and Henry and, and I thought the way they just, I thought the way the story unfolded was just really solid. And again, I just love, I love spending time with, with these kids. I like seeing them grow up. I'm a sucker for coming of age. And um, especially '80s and supernatural stuff, so it's kind of kind of an easy, an easy pick for me. Yeah, um, we we enjoyed watching it. I wasn't into it as the past seasons, and honestly, I just don't know why they couldn't just had more episodes of it. I mean, I could watching it, I could clearly see like the breaks of it, but you know, these two hour plus like runtimes made it really hard for us uh, to watch it and consume it. But uh, but overall. I mean, still very a very entertaining show. Um, there were some aspects of it that kind of lost us, like certain storylines where I would start looking at my phone. At, but sure. other times, and it's like with certain characters, I'm like, okay, I can you know pay uh, full attention to again. But uh, I mean, if, if people really had an issue with 
that season, I, I don't think you're truly a fan of Stranger Things. I, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's it's a great series all around. Um, my number four, we already hit on it. It was House of the Dragon. Um, so we will jump into your number three. Uh, number three for me was uh, Severance season one. It was kind of one of those mystery box shows, kind of like Lost, where you're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen next. And and I think it really benefited from the week to week release system to where you're just you're just able to. You know, Severance is a great example for for that type of release plat, you know, format, and so I'm kind of hoping that more shows do that. But Severance season one, there's not a whole lot other to say than it's just fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go ahead. I, just since we're on it, it it's my number one. Uh, I it just like you said, just echoing, yeah, that week to week, and just man, uh, I, at first you're kind of like, oh. I, I liked it because there's there's still a mystery to it, even at the end yeah. of this, season one. But they gave you answers, actually way more answers than yeah. I ever expected, like sure. each episode. And so and I I almost feel bad for them. Of like, how are they going to follow up uh, such a great season? Um, yeah. But it, it, it's funny. It's relevant. Um, man. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Amazing show it is one of those shows that it's one of those like I'm telling people to see. So. Uh, my number three is on HBO Max as well, but um, it's the rehearsal, which is uh, a Nathan Fil- Filder vehicle. So kind of a documentary show. Um, it, he, I had never watched his show on Comedy Central, but in this, he gives people a chance to rehearse for their own lives in a world where nothing ever works as expected. So um, just a confrontation with uh, a really close friend about something and all this and in this weird way, it's like, I, I liken it to, you know, that Norman Rockwell uh, painting where uh, a guy is like painting himself, but then it's a picture of himself or those images you yeah. see where it's like a mirror. That's kind of how the rehearsal is. It, yeah. com- it comes, it goes in this direction that you don't expect and becomes about Nathan Fielder himself. But in his weird way at the end, you don't know how much of it was stage or how much it was real it, right. it, 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 it's a show that's not for everybody um and i don't know if necessarily uh it's maybe the best tv show ever but man he just he has taken the genre and he has like turned it on its head yeah. and to me it was just one of the most even though maybe i can get it if somebody is not into it but man i it it just it emotionally really makes you think about a lot of things and there are moments where I was truly, truly moved. Um, but it also serves as a commentary on how we view and perceive documentaries. What's your number two? Number two is the bear on Hulu. Um, yeah, it's one I, I just haven't finished it yet, but I'm loving it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just beautiful chaos. Characters are fantastic. Um, it's everything. It's just, it feels it feels it feels genuine. Like it feels real. Feels exactly like this is how, this is what the service community has to put up with. And you pair that with a couple of just great characters, and and so I would I would I would finish it out. Um, and uh, yeah, Burnthal makes an appearance, <laughs> and so it, it's just and he's perfect. And I'm just it just you know. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a type of job or vocation that I've never really seen behind the scenes on, and so from what I hear, it's just authentic, and I love I love it. 
Yeah. And it, warning, if you don't like people yelling at each other, this show might not be for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we already talked about my number two, uh, the White Lotus. Uh, and then we also talked about our num my number one, uh, Severance. So, man, you get you get the prime spot here of revealing yeah. the last number one. Last number one is the rehearsal for me. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. I, I'm glad that I, that makes my heart so happy. Yeah. It, to me, it's, it's, it's very similar to Bo Burnham's inside for me, for my favorite movie. It just, it transcends the medium for me. It's, it's, it's not even like, no matter what you think, there's some people who say, oh man, Nathan Fielder's the first person that needs to be given an Emmy and be arrested. And, and, you know, for the same thing, because it's, it doesn't matter what's real and what's not like, that's not the point. And so he never is judgmental to people. He lets you come up with your own conclusions. I think he's, it's much more about himself than it is about any one of these other people. Um, you know, we all laugh at Angela and we all laugh. Like there's just some people's brains just work different. Right. And so like, you know, Bo Burnham's one of those people, Nathan Fielder's on that same thing where it's like, I don't know. Someone said that season two of the rehearsal should be him watching season one with somebody <laughs> and like <laughs> recreating what it's like. For, and so there's just, there's an ingenuity there. And, and I, and like, I've watched that first episode maybe four or five times, just trying to get people into it. And my wife was really into it and her feet are like sweating this whole time. Cause you're, you're wondering like, okay, how far is he going to take this when it comes to rehearsals and, then he there's these really time you know really tough times when he's like watching his fake son die and and then you know the son slides down the slide and it's his younger you know the younger son and then it, but then it cuts back to the actor playing the older son he's like hey are we done like so there's like it, it, it it's like watching something with the veil already lifted so you're seeing what's being presented then you see everything behind it <laughs> at the same time and it's just I've never seen anything like it. And so I would put it as top 10 seasons of TV, maybe all time. Yeah. It's, it is truly innovative. And even if you don't end up liking it, I think uh, it, it, it'll challenge you in ways that you don't expect, but in the same way, all of this, we're adding a lot of kind of deepness to it. It, it it's really funny. Oh, it's hysterical. It's yeah. hysterical. When 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 he has a grown man who's playing his son, yes. having a, having the tickle fight, but then these real moments, but then it cuts to him. You can see the guy do, having a smoke break. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's really good. So, yeah. well, um, man, we we had a lot of crossover here, which I mean, I think it just shows that you know, Mark and I, we know what the best television shows are. Period. This is true. This is true. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. I, I loved hearing your opinions, and man, I'm so glad to hear you like the rehearsal as much as I did. Doesn't it make you happy? Because that's how I was with everybody. Whenever someone would watch it, I would just be like, "Oh, do you love it?" They're like, "Oh, I loved it," and I would just smile the whole time. Originally, I had my number two as I think you should leave season two, which is kind of the same thing where it's like it's it's cringy, cringy, cringy. But then I realized it was 2021, so I stopped. But um, no, it's it's. I take such ownership. I have such an affinity for the rehearsal that's like, if you want to understand what it's moving, it's funny, it's challenging, it shouldn't exist, but it does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, thanks, man. This was, this was a lot of fun. I can't wait until next year. Yeah, me too, man. All right. Have a good one. You too. All right. Bye. 
once again, I want to thank Mark for taking the time to go over so much content. Uh, I didn't have a chance to go over some of my honorable mentions or his either. We both had things that we had to attend to and jump to. And so I, I thought I'd just quickly before I exited the podcast, give you some other shows because I do think this past year was a great year for television. And here's some shows that I had jotted down that just didn't make my list, but I think that people should check out. Um, a show that I have put on my list every year, uh, and honestly, it could have been in the top 10. It's almost in my top 10, no matter what. But what we do in the shadows uh, on FX for Hulu, uh, FX on Hulu, <laughs> one of those, a solid show. Always so funny. So quickly, some other honorable mentions. Uh, Abbott Elementary just a great show. Uh, also a show that we've really enjoyed watching with Hallie. American Auto, amazing, amazing show. Very, very similar in the vein of Abbott Elementary and also The Office. I, I think it tends to be a little darker <laughs> than Abbott Elementary, especially because it's really satirizing uh, the corporate world. And I saw that that show got picked up for a second season. So I was really happy to see that. Uh, Ozark, uh, the last season of Ozark with Jason Bateman. Probably not the best season of the show, but it, it was still solid. And I mean, tense throughout, I will say wasn't a huge fan of the ending, but, but with a show like that, it's so hard to stick the landing, uh, reboot. Uh, this is a original show on Hulu, uh, about these group of actors who had a popular sitcom in the nineties and they have gone back together to revive this franchise. And the first couple episodes were good. You could tell that it was trying to find its footing, but man, once they did, uh, it, it became a really solid show and a really, really funny show. Kind of remind me of Arrested Development a little bit. Not as good as Arrested Development, but still really, really good with some amazing actors. A lot of faces that you'll recognize. Also, the second season of The Ratchet's Gemstones on HBO Max. Completely over the top. The first season I, I really liked, I thought it was really good, but man, the second season just, they somehow just really kind of got their focus down a little bit more and just put out some solid comedic gold. Uh, now it's not going to be for everybody <laughs> because it's definitely, uh, definitely making fun of uh, the church world, especially in the South, but it's a show that uh, especially if you don't get offended too easily, I, I think has some really, really memorable and funny scenes. Also, uh, another great show on HBO Max is Starstruck. It, it's a two-season show. Really, you can blow through these, actually, the two seasons and two nights. There are only six episodes, about 30 minutes each. It's a British show, but it's a, basically about this uh, young, um, young female who's living in the London area, and she happens to meet a Hollywood star. And it's a little bit just about their off and on romance and how they juggle his celebrity with her kind of nonchalant life. Super, super sweet. And I believe I heard that it's coming out with a third season. So you should check that out. Another favorite show of ours is Trying on Apple TV Plus. Just a sweet, sweet show uh, about this couple who ends up deciding to adopt. Um, there, yeah, it was the third season. So I, I think it's a really good, just feel good show. And uh, it's got a lot of content now that, you know, if you haven't watched that show, if you're a fan of Ted Lasso, you should really, really enjoy trying. Also, a couple of shows that I haven't finished yet. 
I'm a big fan of Atlanta. Just haven't got into the last season yet. Uh, even though some people were up and down the previous season, I actually really, really liked it a lot. And I've heard lots of good things about this last season. So hopefully during the break, I can really dive into that. Also, another show that I was kind of embarrassed that I just haven't finished it was The Rings of Power. I actually have really enjoyed it. Um, I just, uh, I really got caught up in uh, House of Dragon, <laughs> frankly, and just kind of left uh, The Rings of Power to the side, which you know, very different shows, but also very similar. So um, anyway, but I'm having a hard time. Uh, I'm having a hard time talking myself into watching that again, just because I really like the content of it. But right now, I, I, I'm hard pressed to think of any of the characters' names. I can visually see their faces, but uh, I'm just um, I'm a fan of the Lord of the Rings universe, but not enough of a fan where I, I've never read the books and stuff. So maybe that's why I haven't revisited it. Also, I thought it'd be funny to end on two amazing guilty pleasures of mine. These don't quite make my top 10, um, but, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of, when people ask me what I'm watching, I kind of bashfully uh, say <laughs> these two shows, but they do stick out in my mind from 2022. But the summer I turned pretty, it's on Amazon Prime. It's... <laughs> I think it's probably based on a YA novel, but I I totally got caught up in the drama of this. Uh, I I can't remember. It's, I think it's set in a fake town, but it's this kind of a Connecticut beach town and this drama between um, this girl basically choosing between these two brothers. Uh, it's ridiculous as I'm saying it, but it's a show that I actually thought like started off really, really well. It kind of verged into some campiness territory towards the end, but it was a show that Woody and I really liked watching together and uh, actually blew through pretty fast. And my last one is, <laughs> is this last season of Love is Blind. Okay, I, I totally admit, so ridiculous, but I couldn't find... I. I'll just put it this way. It's a show that <laughs> Whitney is like, okay, what should we watch tonight? I'm like, eh, you want to keep watching Love is Blind. I mean, it's it's so addicting. It's so ridiculous, but it does really just, I, I think, uh, unlike some other reality shows. Now, when I say this, I know they're totally, totally aware that the cameras are around them. But it, to me, it uh, almost uh, really dives into these personalities. But I think especially um, the family backgrounds of everybody, but the endings with the marriage ceremonies. I mean, even though you have an idea what's going to happen, there always seems to be some kind of surprise. Once again, I can't really vouch for the merit of the show, but man, as a show of like after a busy week, I just want to plop in bed and just turn off my brain for a little while. Maybe even look at my phone. Love is blind. It's a memorable show for me from 2022. So I had to put it on the list. Okay. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this little holiday treat. Thanks again for a great year. Here's to 2023.